Who else is really excited about the NBA playoffs starting? Uh, I've got I've got a couple of supporters. I'm going to stay right in this zone right here between Caleb and and Jordan and Yodi and Joel. Joel was on fire this past week for the Lane Park basketball team. Um, but the, the message today, and and you'll you'll see a slide after after you have a chance to give, is called and and I've already had debates with people about how you say this, and so I need you to help me a little bit on how to say it. So I'm already confused even to how I say it because I've heard it back and forth too many times. But en route, would you say en route? You're like on the way somewhere? Would you say en route? En route? I think en route's the correct way to say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just kidding. En route, I, I, I believe in that. I want to talk today, kind of continuing a little while ago when we spoke about the idea just a couple weeks ago of, of plans versus purposes, that, that God doesn't necessarily have a single plan for you, that if something goes wrong with the plan that you thought was given to you, that that everything kind of goes bust, but that he has a purpose for your life, and that no matter what happens, God is still in control. No matter what U-turn your life takes, no matter what situation you find yourself in, God can still establish his purpose in your life. Amen? And it can be so easy, based on our perspectives, to think that maybe things aren't going how they're supposed to be going. And oftentimes we can disengage or we can get disencouraged or whatever the words are, the, the dis words, where you, where you leave wherever you were going. And today I want to talk continuing about this uh, similar idea, a little bit different angle about, I'm going to mess it up the entire time, but en route. I need to focus when I say that, en route. But going back to the NBA, that's why, why I brought it up. There was, a, there was an online article that I saw and it said this, I'll just read it out for you. Paul George, plays for the the Indiana Pacers, dropped 33 points en route to an Indiana Pacers NBA playoffs opening victory. It went on to say when game two was. But he dropped 33 points en route to a victory. I think, how many times are we wanting a victory to come as soon as it's placed in our hearts? Or there's been a certain amount of time that's gone by and we're wondering why haven't we experienced that victory right now? Why are we not walking in victory at this point? And the whole idea en route is, is along for the journey or on the way. I want to talk about the journey today. I want to talk about being in the journey. And I want to talk, there's kind of like life is a journey, it's not a destination. And I'm going to share a, a, a joke that Jenny sends along. She heard what I was preaching on, but I'll share that a little bit. But we want to talk about the idea that I was thinking every one of those 33 points was scored at a different time and in a different way. There was somebody different that was passing to them each time they made their their shot and they made those points. Some of them might have been three-pointers. Some of them might have been free-throw shots. Some of them might have just been a layup for two points. My point is this. The game wasn't about the victory. The game was about the journey of those 33 points. He scored 33 points en route to a victory. It's the sum of our journey that gets us to the destination. And I think many of us get very disappointed and we disengage when the journey hasn't gone where we think that it should have gone. But I want to encourage you this morning, very similar vein to where we've been. 
but that, that life truly is a journey. And that each of those 33 points, when he shot a two-pointer and he sunk it, he didn't say, I just won the game there. He didn't know if he was going to win the game. They might have been down 10 points as he shot each one of those shots. Each one of them would have come at different times. Maybe one of them was a heave from, the very, from mid-court just as the buzzer's about to go. My whole point is this. The journey, the sum of the journey is what gets you to your destination. And God might be a whole lot more in your journey right now than you're even aware. This morning, I want to talk about the difference between getting through and being able to go through. Not just trying to get through, but being able to go through. So I wanted to start off by reading a passage from from C.S. Lewis. Do I have any C.S. Lewis fans? I love C.S. Lewis. He puts things in a way that I just completely understand. Timeless truths that he's written. And a lot of his truths, I think so much of my theology, for better or worse, is based off the Chronicles of Narnia. Do I, do I have any, like, helpers in here? You know, my, I mean, I really do. I have some huge theological beliefs that I, like, trace back to. No, it wasn't, you know, none of the greats. It was, you know, from, you know, the, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You know, there's something really in there. But I wanted to read a passage out of one of the books from, uh, from the book called The Horse and His Boy. Familiar with The Horse and His Boy? So the, the, the story center around, centers around a, a, a boy, and he, um, he's on a journey He's running away from his home, kind of, a, he's, he's about to be sold into slavery, but it's not important. And he's running away with his horse and in Narnia, it's, it's obviously a kid's book, so it's a fantastical world where the, um, the, the horses talk in Narnia, and so this horse talks to him, so bear with me. Um, and he, he goes on this journey, and he joins up with another girl who also has a talking horse. There appears to be a lot of them around. And, and they're on their way to go to Narnia, which none of them really know. But, but some of them are from there originally, but have been taken away. They're on their way to go to a better place. They're trying to get to this destination that's far better than where they currently are. They're in a really harsh land. They're in, they're in a foreign land, and they're trying to get back home. And so they've been having a whole lot of problems on their journey. So I'm just going to jump in. So once more, and the, and the boy's name is, is Shasta. Once more, Shasta felt the warm breath of the thing on his hand and face. There, it said, that's not the breath of a ghost. Tell me your sorrows. Shasta was a little reassured by the breath, so he told how he had never known his real father or mother, and he'd been brought up sternly by the fishermen. And then he told the story of his escape and how they were chased by lions and forced to swim for their lives. And of all their dangers in the foreign land, and about his night among the tombs and how the beasts howled at him out of the desert. And he told about the heat and thirst of their desert journey and how they were almost at their goal when another lion chased them and wounded Erebus. I do not call you unfortunate, said the large voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions, said Shasta? There was only one lion, said the voice. What on earth do you mean? I've just told you there were at least two the first night and there was only one but he was swift of foot. How do you know? I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued. I was the lion who forced you to join with Erebus. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. 
I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight to receive you. How powerful is that? We don't recognize so many times when God is on the journey with us. But I just want to encourage you that God is on the journey with you right now, regardless of what your journey looks like. Regardless if you're in a place of fear, regardless if you're in a place of captivity, regardless if you're in a harsh situation or a situation of plenty, God is with you on the journey right here and right now. I love that they were, in the story, they were on their way to find Aslan. They didn't even really know what Aslan was. Aslan is the representation of Jesus. He's the lion in, the, in, in Narnia. They were on their way to find him. They were on their way to this better place. They had a destination in mind that was better, when they, better than where they currently are. It looked different than where they currently are. And it was with them the whole time in different ways. They were experiencing him in ways that they didn't even expect. I think it's so important for us. I think about even church life or your home life, your marriage life, your work life. Maybe it doesn't look like you want it to look right now. Did you expect that it was going to be different? Maybe we did. I think we all have expectations that aren't met. We all have ways that we view things. But the lion, the lion of Judah, is in the midst of your situation. He's in the midst of your journey. And as we talk about the journey today, I want to talk about the importance of your journey. Because we often think, well, God, why don't you reveal yourself? Or why don't I know more about where you're going? But I want to submit that the journey is just as important as the destination. That you actually won't arrive at any destination unless you're going through that journey. And so we're just talking about that. So, so Jenny, she has jokes. That's Jenny Harris. I don't know if you've received any of her jokes. But she sent me this. She says, it's not the destination, but the journey that counts. We all said, amen. Unless you're stuck in traffic, then it's the destination. But how true is that? As soon as we get stuck in traffic, as soon as we have something that doesn't go the way that it was supposed to go, we're like... God, you really messed up on this one. I, I, don't, know, I don't know how many t- prayers God tallies, but I imagine there's a lot of prayers. God, can you turn this light green now? Can I find this parking space? Uh, there's a lot of probably traffic-centered prayers, I think. We all, I think, have a good understanding. This is not some revelatory thought that the journey is an important part of where we're going. I think all of us can, can understand, yep, we understand the journey is important. Except I think our behavior tells us otherwise as soon as the journey doesn't go as we want it to go. As soon as we, we come against something that's an obstacle that we can't see a way around, the journey now doesn't, I mean, I, I talk as an impatient person at times. I get really frustrated with the journey and I'm already ready to be there, wherever there is. I was thinking... I, the, the idea, and this is something that I feel God has challenged me personally on. He said, Jesse, if you had, not everything, but just say in one area of your life, if you had something exactly the way that you wanted it to be. So if I could put that in your sphere of thought right now, is there something that you would want 
exactly the way that you would want it to be. I don't know if it's an addiction that you can't get through. I don't know if it's a marriage that's reconciled. I don't know if it's children that you want to see come back into the Lord and flourishing. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's success and job. I don't know if we want, you know, what we want from this, this church or what we want from, I don't know, the church in New Zealand. I don't know what your expectations are. What would it be if it was perfect according to you? What would it look like? And then the next question is, would you be done then? I've been so challenged by that thought that no matter how good or how great you get and are walking in the things of God, there's always more in Him. There's always another path on the journey of where we're going. I, I've just, I don't know, but I, I guess in our society where at least I feel that, that we've been, we'd be given so much of an idea that you want to try and make it in life. And you want to try and be successful. And we, we give attributes to success in our minds. And that's often where we find fear and failure when we haven't made what we think we were supposed to make. And now I am all for going after stuff. I mean, I, I hope that we get that, that we're, we're really about living in purpose and finding what God has for you. And that means that you're going after things. But this morning, I just want us to think about how important the journey is. And really, the, I guess another way to say what we're talking about is being present in the moment right now. It is so easy to disengage from the moment because it's not what we think it should be. But in the, in the moment is where God can speak to you. He can't speak to you tomorrow because we're not in tomorrow. He's not going to move tomorrow. Well, he might, but he's moving right now. He's in your situation right now, regardless if you can see it. There's a, Dennis Peacock has this thing in SLT where he says, God will continue to bring you the same things over and over and over again until you learn how to navigate those things. This morning, as we're looking at our journey, what is God teaching you right now? Where is he moving right now? How is he outworking his purpose in you right now? It's in the journey. I want to jump into a journey that, that Paul took. He took a number of missionary journeys, and the one that I'm looking at right now is, is in Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his company went through the region of, can't say it, and Galatia. Just can't pronounce the first one. Having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they'd come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. They attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing that area by, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately they sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. It's on the journey where life happens. It's not just at this destination we have in our mind. I just, I'm thinking just even through, oftentimes I know if there's addictions that you're struggling to, to, to get through. What happens if that addiction's at the perfect place? Where are you at? You're completely free of whatever it was. I don't know if it's alcoholism, whatever it might be. Where are you at now? Are you just someone that's free from alcohol? Or are you someone that has a mandate to go and help others to get free from that as well? Meaning there's, there's never this finished journey that we're at. We've never arrived. We have 
a plethora of wisdom. And some of the folks like Jim McLean and Ben Polson and, and people that have done the journey of faith and done it well, I, they haven't arrived and they'll continue on that journey. And one of the sense I think that it's so encouraging is that if we all know that we're on the journey, we, cannot, we, can, we can guard against discouragement that we're not where we would like to be. Because God is working on you right now. And that's, that excites me. Waiting on the destination is like expecting the game to win itself while you sit on the bench. And how many of us are sitting on the proverbial bench wishing that God would have changed whatever it is that we're hoping for change to come from? I sent a quote that I, I loved last night that I sent them all to myself to put them in a, in a bank. And it was by Chris Vallotton. He said, you can't conquer what you won't confront. It's powerful. But I just want to leave a thought with you in, in um, this passage. It was knocking on the door of Bithynia where they were attempting to go somewhere. They were trying. They had, they had it set in their mind where they wanted to go on this, tra- on this trip. And I think a lot of us have attempted to go places. And we come to a Bithynia and the door is closed. It's a no. You, 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 can't, you can't do what you're wanting to do here. And I want to submit to you, what they were wanting to do was really, really good. They weren't wanting to go and like throw eggs at people's houses. They were wanting to go and bring the good news of Jesus. They were wanting to go and heal people. They were wanting to go and pray for people. What they wanted to do was really good, but they were prevented from doing it then and there. They came to Bithynia. And I think without Bithynia, there wouldn't have been Macedonia because they didn't stop at Bithynia, and when they got a red light, they didn't turn around and go back to where they'd come saying, that's not where we're supposed to go. They went through Bithynia, and that night, as they're already going through Bithynia, they got a vision from God calling them on to Macedonia, which was through. They didn't stop on the journey. They continued on the journey and were still just as engaged. Without Bithynia, there wouldn't have been Macedonia. Do you know what the major city of Macedonia was? It was Philippi, where Paul planted the church. And we have the letter to the Philippians. Do you know what another city in Macedonia was? Thessalonica, where we have 1st and 2nd Thessalonians that have come. Do you know what was beyond Macedonia? Corinth, where it was one of the major um, outposts of spreading Christianity in the entire world. My whole point is this. If they would have disengaged on the journey that they were on and the know at Bithynia, there wouldn't have been Macedonia. And that is so important for us because if you're in a season of being told no or getting a Bithynia experience, you can rejoice because, you know, Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth are coming your way. God has not put things on your heart to lay dormant But it doesn't always come in the way that we think it's going to come. It doesn't always look like the thing that we think it's going to look. But he's moving right here and right now. We have to be present to hear him. So for those of you that hate on my basketball, that's okay. I'm going to give you a rugby quote. So this is from Scott Curry. Don't know who he is, but he's a former New Zealand Sevens captain. He says this. Remaining process-focused is key. 
You don't worry about the outcome, just what you have to do. Everyone knows where they need to be and where. They all have a job. As long as you do your job, then there is nothing to worry about. It takes the emotion out of it. It can feel like conflicting statements that we're saying, go after, go after what God's called you to, but then stay present. Don't worry about the future. Let him come to it. But it's not a conflicting statement because God can only do work right here and right now. And if we're not partnering with him right, right here and right now in whatever your situation looks like, then we're going to miss tomorrow because tomorrow's not going to come if we turn around at Bithynia. It is on route. I did it. It is en route when we gather the skills, we find the direction and the opportunities for where we can have the most amount of impact. Yeah, I just, it's in your failures. It's in, it's, it's in the successes. It's in all of those things. God is always working. I, I don't know about you. I've often felt that he's like taking a holiday with me. And I've been really frustrated that I haven't had an outworking here. Or why hasn't he done this here? But can I encourage you this morning? He's always working and he's he's still on the throne. Amen? No matter how ugly or how beautiful the situation is, there's still another path around the corner. Have you guys seen, I think I've mentioned it here before, but the the video they've showed in a lot of corporations, it's called the Fish Philosophy. It's the Seattle, it, it, I've been to Seattle, I've actually been to Pike's Market, where they, they throw the fish, and it's just this, it's a business idea of um, just different bits and pieces, but one of the ideas, they have four major thoughts. One of the major ideas of being a successful business, or being able to engage business successfully, is this idea of being there. It's not going to win philosophy 101, it's not that deep, right? Being there. That's what we're talking about this morning. Being there, being present. I wrote down this thought. Being present in the journey. We can miss God in the present because of how we want him to move in the future. Don't miss God right here and right now. Because he's, it might be Bithynia, you already might be experiencing Corinth right now. But he is moving and doing his purposes. The best thing that we can do is to stay engaged and be present with him so that we can hear where he's guiding and where he's leading us because he's doing it right here and right now. <laughs> Aaron shared with me this phenomenal Smith Wigglesworth story. And, and I was going to share the story and it lent so well to this. And then when we did a little bit of research together, we found the story was just a little bit different. <laughs> I'm still going to share the story, but I'm not going to tell you the the, the first story that was almost true. So, um, but I'm going to preface it with this quote from the book. Aaron, what was the name of the book called? Is it like Secret of His Power by Smith Wigglesworth? It was good stuff. So, the six, and this is a quote from the book. The success of Smith's, Smith Wigglesworth's ministry was not caused by his ability, but rather by his availability. Wigglesworth was available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So this is the story. So one, Smith was doing something, and he felt God tell him that he needed to go somewhere. There was no, there was no 
destination. It was just go somewhere. So he stopped what he was doing, and he, he went somewhere, wherever that somewhere is. And he walked outside, and he started looking at every single person. He, he was just trying to, you know, God, is this the one, you know? And he just, he was going around, and it said he was doing that for quite a long time. And then he finally, he saw this, um, this man driving a cart that was going by, and he felt God saying, you need to get in that cart. So he's like, all right, we'll get in the cart. And he tells the guy where he wants to go. The guy tells him he's going to throw him off the cart. And Smith's, he's wondering, did I, did I make the right decision? Is this where you want me to go? Maybe, is there, uh, the book didn't say this. Is there maybe someone else at the end of this destination that I'm going to meet? But by the end of that trip, by the time they reached their destination, the man had wept his way to Calvary. And, I mean, and only in true Smith Wigglesworth fashion where everything's so dramatic, the man happened to die four days later. And, you know, powerful testimonies from Smith Wigglesworth. And what's the point that I'm getting to in this? There were so many opportunities on that journey to have turned around and missed that destination. The first was, the first was what? Go out for some reason. He knew he was supposed to go out but he didn't know what the end destination looked like. He assumed it was going to look like him bringing someone to the Lord. And he was waiting for that opportunity and waiting for that opportunity. The second one was this. He felt God telling him to get onto the cart. He would have never gotten the instruction to get onto the cart if he wouldn't have gone anywhere. I think a lot of us get a word like go somewhere and we're like, I'm going to go somewhere, God. And we're at home and we're like, let it happen. Bring the fire, Jesus. There is so important that we go on the journey because it's on the journey, it's on the route to Bithynia that you find your Corinth, your Thessalonica. It's when things don't look like you know what they're supposed to look like that God is forming and using. He is in control. The last was this. He received a very hostile reception. If he would have offered to throw me off the cart, I might have helped him jump off pretty quick. What the situation looks like often determines our response to it and being present. We have to go through the journey. We have to fight off those rugged cabbies to get where God wants us to go. Being present in the journey, maybe even in traffic. The destination rarely falls in our lap, but rather we discover the destination through the ups and downs of the journey. A couple of scriptures to leave you with and we'll wrap up. Matthew 6.34 says this, So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's not tomorrow, but today where our attention is laid. I was, um, I was planning for a sermon or, or something in regards to church at home. And this was a couple of weeks ago. And I was finding really good stuff. And I was like, oh, I like that and I like that. And I hope that will encourage someone and... Um, and then I, I really got checked, I feel, by God. Because I had my two little boys who were sitting there just waiting for dad to play with them. It was that moment of, yeah, we want to do good things. We want to bring good things to other people. But don't miss the present moment where God wants you to impart and impact what he's doing right here and right now. Regardless of what the situation looks like. That, now, I'm not saying don't plan for things. Plan for things by all means. But it's that being present with the Lord for what does he want you to do right now? Where is he working right here? 
Isaiah 43, 18 says this, Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Sometimes we're not aware of it. I will even make a roadway in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. It doesn't matter what it looks like if you're in a desert, if you're in Bithynia, if you're in the middle of a barren place. He can bring rivers there. He can bring a roadway in the wilderness. What new thing is God doing on your journey right now? If we're always expecting him to move how we've seen him move in the past, how he did it yesterday, we're going to miss him because of our expectations are not looking for the present of what new thing he's doing right here and right now. That lion, that lion of Judah, he's guiding us when we don't know it. He's, he's biting us so that we run faster and get to the place where we need to get. Don't wait for him to do what he did yesterday or how he did it. Be present with him now and see what new thing he's doing. It may not be Bithynia, but just past, just past Bith, ooh, Bithynia, are Philippi, Thessalonica, and Corinth. The journey is what leads you to the destination. It's not just a part of it. It is the destination. Without those 33 points cumulative, the victory wouldn't come. Each point counts. Each interaction counts. Regardless if we see the value or not, what is God teaching you? Where is he guiding you? Be encouraged because he's in control. I always thank him for that. My goodness.